is Straight to the Source, your destination for food, views and big ideas. Brought to you by two of the best in the business, Tonya Barr and Lucy Allon. Join them to discover some of Australia's most dynamic food, hospitality and agribusiness leaders. Hello and welcome to Food, Views and Big Ideas. I'm Tonya Barr. And I'm Lucy Allen. And this is the podcast from us here at Straight to the Source. In this podcast, we will be introducing you to the people who are driving our food and hospitality industry forward. Whether it be on the land, in the water, in the kitchen, or from the boardroom. Each of our guests are playing a significant role in the evolution of Australia's food identity and culture. And we want you to know who they are, their views, and their big ideas. We're coming to you today from Camaragal land, and we'd like to begin by paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Today, we're talking to Bianca Tarrant and Dave McGivran, who are the founders of Arcow, an online meat subscription business delivering the very best grass-fed and organic meat to the dinner tables of families all across the country. They're farmers, they're disruptors, and they're entrepreneurs. Bianca and Dave are also ambassadors for the Black Dog Institute's Plate for a Mate campaign, which this year is focusing on supporting the mental health of our farmers and people who work hard to put food on our plates. And that's certainly something that resonates really deeply with us here at Straight to the Source. So Bianca and Dave, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Today, how you going? Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio today. And I mean, your story is really quite a remarkable one. And we're really uh, looking forward to hearing all about it. Just a few years ago, you were beef farmers making a living from your farm, affected by many different challenges. And today, our cow is really quite a success story, a multi-million dollar company that owns a processing facility and casino in New South Wales. I believe you're employing quite a number of staff, uh, servicing thousands of regular subscribers and working closely with a large number of farmers. And that's really quite a leap in three short years. So what took you on this journey? How did you turn the challenges of farm life into such a successful business model? Thanks for that. Yeah, I think um, it was probably just a series of events that really led us down this path. You know, we're quite young when we went onto our farm. We purchased our farm, which in in itself is quite difficult for young people. It's, you know, anywhere above 40% deposit to be able to actually purchase a farm in the first place. So, you know, that was a big leap in itself. And then we had to stock the place. So, you know, just going into further and further debt, I guess, on our farm to be able to start things out. And, um, not long after we got onto our farm, we were faced with some really horrific bushfires. Um, we had three fires come through our place. And in 2018, we started to come into the drought. So 2018, 2019, um, black summer bushfires as well towards the end of 2018, us 2019, 2020. Um, there was just, you know, so many... Uh, events that really made us sort of think, you know, we, we couldn't really afford to keep going down the path that we were going. We wanted to be able to make a difference um, in, in our own farming operation and, pro- and provide that for other farmers as well. Exactly what Bianca said. Uh, faced with a, a few challenges in front of us and a livestock market that fluctuates so much from time to time and we really needed to take control of our own market and their own destiny and then you know we knew that other farmers were going through the same position so uh yeah just connecting with other farmers and, and really being able to make a change in the industry so did you come from farming backgrounds like what what led you to buy the farm in the first place and did you go into it thinking it would be quite a different scenario 
Well, I come from a farming background. My family, we're fifth generation. Uh, we're actually uh, banana farmers, and then we were dairy as well. We have banana and dairy on the Gold Coast hinterland. And then uh, my family went into beef cattle farming after, you know, got times got tough in the dairy. Um, Bianca's not from a farming background, so I guess that's where, you know, challenged the status quo and, and really looked at things a bit differently to, compared to me, that I've been in the industry, seen how things have been done for the last 200 years and then, you know, really wanted to um, to, to make a change, I guess, to, to try and create something different. And so did you have other ideas that you tried first or like how what what led you to looking at an online um subscription model business i guess it was just the fact that the meat prices don't fluctuate as much as the sale yard prices do as a livestock producer you're, you're selling a commodity on a market that is so volatile you're you know you're really underpinned by the weather and the market conditions and um you know supply and demand so we wanted to take that fluctuation out of our farming operation and have a consistent stable price that we knew we were going to get for our livestock day in day out you'd spend 12 months or 18 months two years breeding an animal and not knowing what price you were going to get for it at the end of the day and um you know we just couldn't afford to keep going down that path and not knowing what what money we were going to be making at the end of the day for our livestock so that's where the idea came about was just selling meat, knowing what our prices were going to be. And, you know, we've seen how much support gets pours in during times of crisis, like during the bushfires, the floods, the drought. People really want to help us. And that's one thing that Australians are good at is, you know, they're always there to lend a helping hand and they want to help fellow Aussies. And we've seen how much, you know, support there is for farmers during those times of crisis. But it just made us think, like, when the rain stops, you know, when the the drought breaks and all that sort of stuff, like we want the support to be able to continue. Just because you know we're not in a um, you know we're not in a crisis anymore, doesn't mean that you have to stop supporting farmers. So we wanted to be able to give away for people in the city to feel like they're supporting farmers every day through their food choices, not just donating to aid when times get tough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Aussies are really, really good at supporting, but, you know, the next thing comes along and the focus moves to something else. And I think what you have set up gives people that constant ability to stay connected to the people that they're sourcing their food from. So um, it an amazing model that you've created. And I guess not necessarily a new one per se, but it has just grown so quickly. And the scale that you're now working to is pretty new and pretty groundbreaking for Australia. Um, how did the business take shape so quickly? I think exactly what you said. It's not a new model. Like farmers have been selling their own livestock. There's a lot of paddocks and plate businesses out there. It's, you know, and it's it's a, it's awesome for farmers to be able to do that for themselves. But to be able to do it at scale is something is bigger than it's bigger than us, you know, like we started the business just with our our cattle in mind and we ran out really quickly and it just gave us the opportunity to be able to bring other farmers on board with us and provide them this, the same stability and the same consistency that we wanted in our own farming operation to their farming operation as well. So being able to do it at scale is is very rewarding. We now, you know, we have farmers contacting us every day wanting to know how they can be part of the OutCow program and, you know, in order to be able to help more farmers, we need to be able to have more customers. So that's that's sort of the balancing act. You know, there's, there's farmers out there 
that are, want this, they want a different avenue because, like they've said, we've been doing the same thing in Australia for, you know, 200 years selling livestock the way that we do. So it's just giving farmers a new avenue and something that they can be really proud to be a part of. Like it's not very often as a farmer that you get to know where your livestock ends up. You sell it as a commodity, it gets traded, it, you know, might end up overseas, exported, a feedlot, you're not really sure. But with the ACOW model, we're actually connecting the farmers to the consumers and there's, there's it's really um, rewarding as a farmer to be able to know that there's a family in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane that's actually sitting down and enjoying a piece of meat that you've grown on your farm. And then for that person to reach out to them directly and be like, you know, hey, thanks so much for that meal. It was beautiful. Um, it's the community that we've built with not only of our customers but our farmers as well. It's really amazing. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well, just telling the good stories that are happening in agriculture, we see it. You know, we work with over 150 different farmers around, you know, across the country and we get to see what's going on on their farms um, on a daily basis. And it is amazing to see the good things that they're doing with their land, their animals, you know, the environmental practices that they're putting in, in place on their land. And we want to tell that good story uh, to the masses as well, I guess. So, you know, we can do that now through the, through the likes of social media and, uh, video and, and lots of content as well on, on television and things. And that's where we, we seem to be, you know, as farmers, we're always the scapegoat, I guess. We're always getting hammered for, you know, the bad things that are happening. And, and there was sort of, you know, it was, it was prominent in the media that farmers were bad and, you know, whatever else was happening. But we see so much good stuff that's happening all the time. And we want to promote that back to our customers and, and, and the city people. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, it's very much at the heart of what we do at Straight to the Source, which is connecting food service professionals to producers like you so they understand where the food they're sourcing for their kitchens and businesses comes from. And we see it all the time when we take them, uh, a group of chefs or hospitality professionals on farm, and they suddenly have that understanding of what is actually happening on farm. They can have their direct conversation with you, the farmers, to ask you the questions about, well, what about seasonality and what about weather and what about supply chain? And it's so important to join those dots because, like you said, um, there's a lot of you know myths rolling around that I think people don't necessarily quite understand about farming and agriculture and you know looking after the land. And so joining those dots is an incredibly important part of our food system and understanding it properly. People's perception as well of farmers has changed. You know, people think that a farmer should be a 60-year-old white male with a piece of straw hanging out of his mouth with a pair of overalls. Like, it's not the case at all. We, you know, we're young. We're like, we work with a lot of other young producers, women, you know, like they're on the forefront of technology. Like, they're, they're producing a product that is at the uh, mercy of, of weather conditions day in, day out. They're in front of the you know, in front of their foot on, um, you know, what, what these environmental things are causing for farmers. So they have to be adapt and, and be able to change and produce produce food for people in a, in a different climatic situation. So we're very lucky to, to have those guys with us. Yeah, absolutely. You're the front line. And we need to know who you are and, and how you're tackling these issues and the incredible entrepreneurism that you're bringing to your businesses, which is exactly what you guys have demonstrated with our cow. So in, in building the business, so you identified the opportunity to supply your meat direct to customers. And did that start on a local scale and build from there? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it just started out with Dave and I and you know, we had a little refrigerated van that we'd go and deliver, home deliver all of our meat to. We started off um, pretty much 
from the Sunshine Coast right down to Port Macquarie. We'd drive every weekend. and Doing it all yourself? Yeah, we did it all, all ourselves, and it's just continuing to grow from there. Like the demand is so strong for people wanting to know where their food comes from. They want to be able to support farmers, put their money where their mouth is, and, and have a really good quality grass-fed product all the time. So did you have any um, mentors in establishing the business to the scale that it is now? How did you go from doing it yourself locally to having the size of the business that, that it is today? Yeah, I think, you know, that's probably one key factor. At the end of the day, Banker and I are just a couple of farmers from Bay Eagle in New South Wales. We've got such a, um, a key core group around us that help us and, and guide us. You know, we've got some people that I, I, don't, I still don't understand how they've come and helped us get to where we are now, but we just seem to attract some good people into our lives and um, what we put out to the universe and, you know, and those people have been able to help us get the business to where it is now. Because you've really had to back yourselves, haven't you, to be able to to go on that journey. I guess at, at some point you had to take a leap of faith of like, let's just do it. Let's back ourselves and let's let's see if this can work. What What was that point in time for you guys? Uh, well, we were both working full time. We both were working in the mines. Actually, we had full time jobs. We were on a pretty good wicket, um, and it just one day we were like, "Okay, that's enough. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go all in or nothing and have a have a fair crack." And that's what we did. We never looked back. We backed ourselves from day one and just really, we went all in. It was all or nothing. So we really put our um, you know everything we own on the line to be able to make the most out of this business. We knew we were onto a good thing. And, um, yeah, we just wanted to keep riding it. Yeah, every every bit of money that we ever had, every bit of blood, sweat and tears that has gone into creating something. And I guess, you know, being uh, people that have created something from nothing, they know the emotional roller coaster that you go through every day. But uh, it's rewarding as well because, like Becca said, it's bigger than us. It's um, about making a change, really. Yeah, you kind of you 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 live and breathe it day in day out, don't you? It it's all absorbing. But um, as you said, you've you've got some obviously great people around you and with you on this journey as well. It's it's been a very short amount of time. It's been just three to four years that that this growth has happened. What has been one of the biggest challenges you've faced in that time? Um, oh, I guess the fires, the floods, the 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 drought. Um, you know, a COVID pandemic, <clears throat> all, all of those have, have added up to big challenges. Cash flow is probably another one as well, just being able to have the cash to uh, hold on to a business that's growing at such a rapid rate. Bianca and I, you know, when we first started this, well, you know, we we're in a lot of debt in our own farm and our own livestock enterprise. We'd just gone out and bought our own property. So we had no money to start with. We started with nothing and basically just grew something to what it is now. And, um, but yeah, just there's been every everything, every uh, corner you look around as a challenge, but we see it as an opportunity, I guess. So you don't see it as a roadblock or something that comes in front of you. It's just an opportunity to, to make something better or, or do something better about it. And the farmers that you're working with, why don't they do it for themselves? Why are they working with you? Why are cow? Farmers are good at farming. You know, they're, they're good at what they do. They're phenomenal at raising animals, growing crops, fertilising paddocks. Um, and every farmer has probably thought about doing a paddock to plate, selling their own produce one way or another. It's probably crossed every farmer's mind at some stage throughout their life. And working with us, 
they don't have to worry about the the marketing or the distribution or the logistics or the processing. We handle all of that. All they need to do is focus on farming. So we've allowed them to do what they're good at and we handle the rest. And it's just, it's rewarding for them to be connected with our cow. Like it's not, our cow isn't something that, it's, it's not for everybody, but it's a real um, privilege to be associated with us and to be able to have livestock that are good enough to come to us. So I think it's it's a really amazing community of farmers that we've got around us. Yeah, and just speaking to some of our farmers that were out on the weekend, you know, they um, they some of them were supplying a few butcher shops or you know different pieces like that. But just having that consistent market, that consistent revenue that's coming into their business that lets them plan and um, peace of mind, I guess, and what they're trying to do, and then to stay farming because at the end of the day, that's what they want to do. They want to continue to be really top end farmers and are doing the best that they can that they can for their animals and their and their land. So if we can allow people to do that and pay them a premium because at the end of the day, raising a grass fed animal is completely different to um, you know, raising something that's coming from a feedlot. It takes a lot of effort. You know, you've got we've just come out of one of the wettest winters that we've ever experienced on the East Coast and it, it does have its challenges, but we want to pay our farmers um, you know, above market for raising those those grass-fed and, and free-range animals. So that, uh, and I think you know our farmers love being a part of it. Like what Bianca said, I think that they can also see the growth as well. Like they've seen where we started to where we are now, and where we're projected to be. You know, in the next three to five years, it's really exciting for them. That's mm-hmm. that you know they're excited to be on the journey with us, and it opens a lot of windows and doors for those guys as well. You know, they're thinking about their growth plans and how can they scale to be able to continue to supply us like it's not just a you know we're not we're not a small operation anymore like they're they're, we're taking a lot of livestock and it's really exciting for those guys to be able to be thinking of expansion plans and how can they grow to continue to supply us so it's really rewarding I think you mentioned it before you're you're building a community around you and I think that is what is so important in rural and regional Australia because farmers live very isolated lives. What do you hear from the farmers that you're working with about that sense of connection and how important it is to them? Yeah, I think um, well, just the connection that they have to the customers or they, you know, we have closed Facebook groups where our farmers and our customers are all involved in that and if they get personally thanked for the hard effort that they've gone through and um, by, by our customers of, of having something, enjoying a meal from them as well. We have farmers that have, you know, basically won every show between, you know, the Sydney Royal and the Ecker and all sorts of things because of their livestock. And they'll say to us, you know, the, the feedback that they're getting from our customers about their meat is more special to them than winning any show. So that's really, you know, that's a pretty big feat for a farmer to come away with the blue ribbon at the Ecker or um, the Sydney Royal and for them to say that they, Hearing our customers' feedback and hearing them thanking them for their produce is is just it's better than that. So that's pretty cool. So with your awareness of of um, how isolating farming can be, is that why it was important for you to support uh, the Black Dog Institute's Plate for a Mate campaign? What drew you in to be brand ambassadors for this really important campaign? Well, I think, you know, us as farmers, we've lived and breathed everything that they're campaigning for this year. We've been through the worst drought in Australia's history. We've had our farm ravaged by bushfires. We've experienced horrific mental health challenges to be able to come out the other side of that. Like it's not 
we're not just standing up here, um, you know, campaigning for something that we don't believe in. We, we've lived it, we've breathed it, we've experienced it, and we've come out the other side. And, and not every farmer is able to say that. But, you know, it, mental health within farming communities is something that's um, it's a real issue for farmers because farmers are not the type of people that will talk about what's going on or how they feel. It's only a farmer that really knows how another farmer's feeling. So um, it was. it's a good campaign. I think it's something that people in the city, um, although we talk about mental health, like people that are on the land are so isolated, they don't have the resources that a lot of people do in the city. So just bringing some awareness to what goes on in a farmer's life is, is, is really important. Yeah, and, and when you're in that situation, you really do think that, you know, you're the victim, like why is this happening to me? Why is, you know, why is this drought happened or why have I, like you, you blame yourself for it, I guess. So um, we, we want to bring some light and shed some light on the situation and be able to help a lot of farmers um, get through their, their their challenges that they go through because it's it's very difficult when it's your own money, it's your own livelihood, you're trying to raise a family and make an income out of a you know out of something that falls out of the sky that is is it's unpredictable you, you, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the weather um, and you have to make decisions around that so yeah you do feel such a sense of responsibility as a farmer towards your animals as well like it's you know you might have a couple hundred or thousand depending on where where the farmers are located animals that rely on you every day so there is a lot of pressure and I guess a sense of um, you know, responsibility that comes with being a farmer towards those animals or towards the crops that you're growing and the supplies at the other end of it as well. So it's not just farming. And like they've said, you are 100% reliant on something that is out of your control. Yeah, it must. that sense of powerlessness must be so disabling, as you said, when you, you're affected by floods, by, by fires, by these things that are totally out of your control. And the stats around um, mental health in regional and rural areas are really quite confronting. I think I read that 68% of Australians residing in rural and regional areas have experienced depression and anxiety during the past two years, um, but with a really long wait to access support and I guess even knowing where to go for support. And so Plate for a Mate campaign is really driving funding towards putting those resources in place, which is absolutely essential to support people in those farming and rural communities. And I guess as consumers or people listening, how, how can we better support our farmers in, in not just donating to this campaign, obviously, but in, in day-to-day, everyday life? Uh, well, definitely how we talked about at the start, just supporting farmers through their food choices, like knowing where your food is coming from. You know, if it's not through a company like ours, buying directly from the farmer and appreciating what the hard work that they're going through to raise food to, to feed feed everybody, I guess, because it, it does have its challenges. And um, But I think, you know, buying through companies like us, you know, trying to, trying to source grass-fed or naturally produced products as well, um and, and uh yeah. things like your milk as well like you know steering away from that the branded your know, supermarket branded milk and going through a farmer cooperative or something along those lines where you know that the money is going directly back to those farmers so just having a bit more of a conscious awareness of where you're purchasing your food from and i think the perception of because you're getting it directly from the farm gate it should be cheaper it needs to be taken out of the situation because you know, we're not producing something on the mass volumes of industrial farming. We're producing something on a smaller scale. It's a niche product that's high quality, that's finished on grass or, you know, milk that's produced from 
um, a dairy, like a local dairy, don't think that that these things shouldn't be cheaper because the the cost to produce these things on a smaller niche scale is actually higher than on a mass industrial um, size production um, thing. So yeah, it shouldn't be product shouldn't be cheaper directly from the farm. It's building that value proposition, isn't it? It's really, and that's what is um, we found through straight to the source, and is really at, again at the heart of what we do, which is help people understand exactly what goes into the cost of that product and why they're paying that money for it. And once people understand it, we see no hesitation in people supporting those farmers and producers because they have totally understood the hard work and passion that goes and commitment that goes into producing that product to the quality that it is. And as we said again previously, it's building those local food systems, which is also really critical yeah. What what are the criteria that you look for in the farmers you work with? Um, well, we definitely have some specifications for each individual uh, protein. But to start off with, we want to really work with good people. You know, that's uh, our first port of call. We, we want to meet these guys. We want to have good relationships and, and build that community, like Bianca said. But, um, you know, the things that they're doing on their land, some of our guys, they wouldn't know what, regenerative agriculture or biodynamic agriculture, those labels that get put on farmers are, but they're just doing these things without any certifications. We're not looking for specific certifications. We go out and have a look at their operation and what they're doing on their land with their animals. Um, and then we also have, you know, we do have specifications for those livestock to hit. But just, you know, having those good relationships with, with quality people is where we want to be. So... You were recognised last year as finalists in the Australian Young Entrepreneur Awards. Um, that must feel like quite an achievement. What has been your biggest achievement to date since starting Our Cow? Yeah, I think those kind of things are really rewarding, like the awards that you get nominated for and, and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it's it's really just talking to our farmers and hearing what they think about the program. You know, we were out to at one of our farmers' places on the weekend and just hearing his story and where they've come from before they started supplying our cow to where they are now and their future plans, like that is so humbling and so rewarding that they're able to improve their farm and expand their operation. They can see a future for their kids coming onto the land because of us. Like that that's probably far more rewarding than any award or ceremony or anything like that. It's just um, I, again, I go back to community. It's the community, it's the people that we're helping and the people that we're supporting. And, it, you know, it goes on the customer's front as well. Like we've had so many customers that have said that, you know, their health has improved and their, their, their children actually enjoy eating dinner at night. It's not a battle for their kids to eat dinner. They're happy to sit down and eat a meal with the family because, you know, the kids actually like what they're consuming. So I think that's, that's a pretty big um, reward for me. Yeah, for me, I guess it's the staff and our team around us as well. Just having, you know, we've got a staff of a bit over 45 or 46 people here now and uh, just having an impact on their lives. Some of those guys come from challenging backgrounds, you know, growing up in different areas and just being able to um, see see our, ta- our staff members grow and mature into different people as well is so rewarding for me. It's it's a fantastic to hear people talking about, you know, leaving a legacy for their children and creating an environment where uh, the children of farmers or people that might want to think of farming as a pathway or career pathway are 
looking at it with fresh eyes and looking at it with excitement and looking at it with opportunity rather than thinking of it as something that there isn't uh, a future in for them. So it's really exciting to hear you talk about it in that way. You mentioned having a meal together, and that's really at the heart of the Plate for a Mate campaign. Um, They've got some incredible celebrities and chefs all uh, getting behind the campaign this year to put forward recipes that you can cook and share with your family. And it's amazing how um, food does facilitate conversation, doesn't it? It brings you around the table. And that's the message of the campaign this year, which is share a meal with friends, share a meal with family, have those conversations and create those bonds. And I think what you guys are doing in driving that community is so important and so exciting to hear about. Um, If you could give one piece of advice to farmers wanting to grow or scale their businesses, what would it be? Um, For me, I guess just back yourself and have a crack, you know, like, um, yeah, there's no opportunity like right now and and just, um, you know, our motto was always done is better than perfect. So we'd rather get something done than be perfect because you can become, you can be, you can just stop and not want to do anything because you feel like you haven't thought of this or you haven't thought of that, just getting it done, really. Um, mine would be um, very very similar to Dave's, like just back yourself. If you know you're producing a good quality product, um, continue on that path. A lot of farmers, you know, chase a shiny object very often. So if you're consistently producing something and you know that you're good at it, just stick to that, you know. Don't, there's no need to chase a shiny object or the next best thing. If you're consistently producing something that's good quality, find a market for it and back yourself. The old saying is if you hold a market um, microscope over something for long enough it'll start a fire so yeah I think that's really good advice because I think as well when you're talking about farming practices and models and people that might want to change the way they're farming I think it does sometimes feel overwhelmingly like this big task and therefore you don't start but just taking one small step at a time it's those small steps that lead to to big change and I think you know you've demonstrated that through our cow the plate for a mate campaign is in its third year Um, and as we mentioned before it's helping raise funds to provide mental health training in remote communities and there's a whole host of people that have got involved this year including yourselves Um, also one of our good friends at Straight to the Source Jason Roberts who's a fabulous chef and we're encouraging people to get online and cook nourishing recipes that they can find at the Plate for a Mate website um, and have have a meal Sit down and have a chat with the people that are close to you and understand what some of their challenges might be and have those conversations. Do you have to be a subscriber to be able to to buy meat from from you guys online? No, we do have a you know once off purchase option, so you can just try it and see how you go. But yeah, the subscription is one thing that a lot of customers do find really helpful as well. So it's just but- they don't have to think about it. it's just a regular. Yeah, especially for time poor people, I guess they can go on and change or edit their box or anything like that. It's just basically um, like going into the butcher shop or a supermarket. They can do that each week or each fortnight or each month, wherever they choose to get it. Um, Yeah, but it just takes a lot of the stress and hassle out of going and trying to source good quality grass-fed products. Um, It comes direct delivered from our Aussie farmers straight to your door, really. It sounds easy, convenient and flexible, which is, you know, lots of 
things that people are looking for for nowadays and along with getting top quality meat delivered to the door what more what more could you want is there anything else um you'd like to to mention or chat about or uh talk about in terms of the plate for a mate campaign i think just the challenges that a lot of our city friends have gone through with the covid pandemic as well you know we're in sydney last week and really not a lot changed in our lives because we are so isolated and you know, where are out on the farm and things like that as well. You know, I didn't really comprehend how, how widespread, uh, the pandemic affected a lot of people in the city as well and this, in the city people's mental health. But, you know, sitting down and having those, that, that plate for a mate or that dinner with a family member or some friends and things like that, getting together and just chatting about it because it would have been such a tough time to go through as well in the city, you know, with the, with the pandemic and not being able to see your friends or relatives for such a long period of time. Yeah, I think it was definitely challenging all round. Um, I think one of the silver linings that has come out of it, though, is people have really had the opportunity to slow down and focus on things that are clearly very important to Australians, which is supporting their local communities, supporting each other, supporting farmers, understanding the importance of how local food systems are critical to our future. Um, and how how you spend your money is how you empower those systems to be resilient and continue and to grow. And so I think the ability to connect with farmers through buying food through our cow is a wonderful thing because I think it does empower each of us to make the decisions that we really believe in and spend our money where we really want to spend it. So that's a really exciting opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Dave and Bianca, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really wonderful conversation and um, what you've achieved with Arcow is is really phenomenal. Congratulations. And your support of the Plate for a Mate campaign is is a really wonderful thing in the, the community you've built around you. This is giving everyone an opportunity to really support and donate towards the community of farmers in rural and regional places and as you said giving consumers in cities as well an opportunity to connect with them thank you for joining us and for anyone interested in finding out any more uh, about plate for a mate campaign head to plateforamate.com and anyone that would love to know more about dave and bianca's wonderful business and how they can order beautiful grass-fed organic meat to come direct to your door head to rcow.com.au Congratulations on what you guys have established and we look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We really hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed the conversation. You'll find links to anything mentioned in today's chat in the show notes. We have some extraordinary guests lined up and we'd love for you to join us again. Please make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. We'd love feedback, good or bad, or perhaps a guest you'd love to hear from. Please just let us know. And the best way to stay up to date with what we're doing, who we're talking to, and where you'll find us around the country is to become part of our Straight to the Source community at straighttothesource.com.au forward slash community. Until next time.